you dream of starting your own product-based business but don't know where to start are you ready to grow your existing product business but could use some guidance or inspiration welcome to the product sessions podcast my name is rebecca waldron entrepreneur product designer and developer and mom of three I'll be sharing some of the lessons I've learned in my career working in the surf industry for brands like Hurley and O'Neill, as well as running my bag company, Bodomit, for over eight years. I'll also be interviewing industry experts to learn from their experiences and get their advice. I can't wait to help you take your big ideas and make your dreams a reality. Let's jump in. Hello, welcome back. This is episode number five of the Product Sessions podcast. I'm Rebecca Waldron, and today we're going to be talking about five tips for balancing parenthood and working from home. So ever since I was a kid, growing up, going to school, everyone always asks, what do you want to be when you grow up? What's your career going to be? What do you want to work towards? What are you interested in? Um, And I think that's a pretty common question for everyone, starting from elementary school up until college. You're getting asked that question all the time. And I don't think I was ever asked really, you know, what kind of mom do you want to be? Do you want to be a mom and have a career? Like that conversation was never really had for me. But I always knew that I wanted to do both of those things. I always knew I wanted to be a mom and I was always excited about my career. Now, my dreams of what I wanted my career to be has, of course, changed over the years, like dolphin trainer rock star, FBI agent, you know, a wide variety of ideas, right? (laughs) A career as a traditional fashion designer for a larger company didn't really offer me much flexibility in terms of being part-time. It was either full-time or no time. And I wanted more time being at home with my kids when I was working for a larger company. And that was hard for me when it came time to have a career and be a mom, I struggled figuring out how to do both and felt a lot of mom guilt when I was away from my son and work guilt when I was away from work. But I finally landed on being a product business owner. And luckily, this has been a good career for working from home. I think a lot more people, and especially women these days, are working from home especially since the pandemic, it's way more common now that people are working from home. And that's great because I think it gives us a lot more flexibility. So in that way, working from home has been a great option for blending those two sides of me, the work career side and the home side. And so a lot of you out there can relate to this conundrum as a parent that how do we do these things? How do we balance these huge parts of our lives. So here are five tips that I've come up with that I use to help balance parenthood and working from home. Now the first tip is going to seem very ironic and you might roll your eyes, but my first tip is that you can't actually balance it. When you say the word balance, I think you kind of imagine two perfectly weighted items that are equal. And I think there's no way that we can really have equal times at work and equal times at home. And if we try to achieve that perfection, we're gonna burn ourselves out. There's gonna be times in our lives 
that we need to spend more time with our kids, that our kids need us more. For example, right now it's the last week of school for us and there's lots of sports teams that are finishing. So there's end of season games, there's end of school days, there's field day, there's parties, jogathons, like all kinds of things that are happening at this time. So this season, I've been spending more time doing things with my kids and for my family, which is great. And I love that I have the flexibility that I can do that. My work projects, I can put on hold and then say, okay, let's go to a baseball game. I think the word balance, which I use lightly, I don't think it needs to be perfectly balanced, but more about finding a way where you feel comfortable and peaceful with the amount of time that you're spending in each area is what we're talking about. And I think that also has to do with what are your expectations for the day? I think you can't expect yourself to be getting too much work done each day. And then also being there for your kids and everything they could possibly need or want. We have to honestly lower our expectations about how much we can do in one day. As I was preparing for this podcast episode, I came across this article on the Harvard Business Review. The article is titled The Power of Small Wins. It's about a book of the same title. And the authors found that nothing contributed more to a positive inner work life than making progress and meaningful work. So if we want to feel fulfilled in our work, we have to make progress on something that we find meaningful. So I think this goes back to whatever work you're doing from home, it should be something that's meaningful for you. This to me means that if I've made a little progress on something that I feel is meaningful at work, then I can feel satisfied and more ready to handle my home and parental responsibilities. It recharges my batteries, essentially, to do something that's fulfilling for work. And then I have more energy and desire to be that mom that I want to be. Okay, tip number two is to have a designated workspace. I get distracted really easily. So being in my workspace is a way to put my mind in work mode. And here I am lucky enough to have my she shed in my backyard, my little office. And I know not everyone has the ability to have another room or she shed for their office, but I'm hoping that everyone can make a designated spot where they do their work, whether that's a desk or a kitchen table or something that puts their brain in work mode. I like my she shed because it is separated from my family. For example, if my husband's home and the kids are home and I'm there, they're going to be talking to me and needing things from me. And if I'm out of sight, then they're asking dad for those things. So that's one benefit of a she shed. According to SciComm.net in an article titled, How and Why Cleaning Can Improve Your Mental Health, it states, clutter is thought to produce an increase in the stress hormone cortisol. This doesn't mean that clutter causes mental illness, but it certainly doesn't help. In fact, recent studies suggest that when you have a lot of visual noise going on around you, making decisions can be more difficult. Cleaning your space may help you reduce your cortisol levels, turn down the volume on the visual noise, and help you focus on things you need to do that could potentially improve your mood. So I think it's easier to keep your workspace area clean compared to the whole house or you know the couch or the living room, wherever else you might work. 
I think it's a little easier to keep your designated work area clean so that you can focus and have lower stress levels when you're trying to work. Number three is to schedule the time to do your work. That makes it easier for you to follow through on the things that you have to get done when you have it written down and a designated time for those things. For me, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, my kids are in school, and Tuesday, my son goes on adventure with his grandma. It can also be helpful, like if your kids have naps, to schedule your work around their routine. Lately, I've heard the term integration, and a lot of people are using this term instead of balance. So they'll say work-life integration instead of work-life balance. The theory behind this is that the work parts of your life and the home parts of your life are now one thing and they're not two separate things to be balanced they're just one thing and especially since the pandemic i think this is happening more since we're working at home more and i think this concept works great for a lot of people and a lot of people say they like it because they feel more like their whole selves so you're not like siloed into a different person depending on what is needed of you but for me this approach doesn't work that well because i get easily distracted and I feel like I'm my whole self wherever I am or whatever I'm doing. I just need to be able to focus on that one thing rather than trying to do too many things at once. For example, when my toddler is wanting a snack or wanting my attention or to show me that he can stand on one leg, like I'm not getting very much work done. So I do my best to schedule time where I can get deep work done, at least a couple hours of day without distraction to just focus on my work. Now. That's not saying that I don't actually try to do work when my kids are around. I do that all the time. Um, but I try to do less of it because I want to be able to focus on my kids when I'm around my kids. So I, as much as I can, I try to do my work when I have some time to myself. And so that brings us to tip number three. In order to have time to yourself, you're going to need some help. You're going to need some support. So tip number three is to get some support. Um, the first part of that is to communicate with your partner and your family um, what you need or what you want to try to accomplish and work out that schedule with your family and tell your kids, this is the time that I'm going to be working and give them the expectation that you're not going to be available during that time. My husband and I, we share our Google calendar and then we also have a big wall calendar from OneThrive that I love that we keep in our kitchen and we just put all of the big events we have that day on the calendar so everyone's on the same page. You can also listen to episode number two where I talk about workflow and systems and how I get my work done on a daily basis. Part of getting support is hiring help. Now, not everyone has the ability to hire help. I understand that. Possibly you can have grandma or grandpa or aunts and uncles help, but a good sitter or a nanny can also be awesome. My son goes to preschool three days a week and he loves it. He's four years old. Um, but I understand that finances can be a huge issue when trying to hire help. Based on the 2022 cost of care survey on care.com, it says that 51% of parents are spending more than 20% of their household income on childcare. But according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, childcare is considered affordable when it's no more than 7% of your household income. So these days, hiring help isn't always affordable. But if you can squeeze it in your budget, I think it's wise to look at it not necessarily from the perspective of how much money are you bringing in, therefore you can afford this much of childcare. And that is an important point. 
But also, I think you're paying for more than childcare. For me, I consider it part of my mental health care. That when I have time to work on my business and the things that I'm passionate about and to work on my health and my mental health, I'm a better mom. And so some of the cost that's going towards childcare is also going towards taking care of myself and my mental health. I also think it's great to have more people that you love and trust to take care of your kids to expand their circle of trust and the number of people that love them. Okay, so number four is there is no right way to be a parent. And in today's society, we are all comparing ourselves to other people all the time. It's so hard not to with social media. And I think it's just kind of like an innate part of human beings. We tend to compare ourselves to other people. But the way that one mom does it is not the same way that another mom needs to do it. For me, I know that I have a lot of sister-in-laws. I have nine sister-in-laws and most of them are full-time moms. And I think they feel really fulfilled doing that. That's something that's satisfying to them that they enjoy. They have their creative outlets within that. Um, and sometimes I compare myself to them thinking about how great they are at cooking or doing crafts or playing games with their kids. And those are things that are not my strengths. And like many of us tend to do, I compare my weaknesses to other people's strengths. And I have to remind myself that I also have strengths as a parent. I think I'm really good at being aware of my kids' emotions and talking to them about their emotions and talking to them about their day. Every day at dinner, we talk about what was your peak and your pit for that day. I make sure that I get them to their like activities that they wanna participate in. So there are things that I think I'm really good at as a mom, and I try to not compare myself to what other moms are doing. And lastly, I wanna say, make sure that you have empathy for yourself. A lot of times we talk to ourselves in our heads negatively and we criticize ourselves and ask ourselves what we could be doing better um, and I think we need to try and talk to ourselves the way that we would talk to a friend how would we treat our friend if they felt like they weren't doing enough as a mom or they weren't successful enough in their business what would we tell them and I think we should practice having a kind inner voice with ourselves. one trick that I think I've learned over the years is to learn to laugh at my mistakes and that's kind of become part of my personality i have a little bit of like a a self-deprecating sense of humor but in a light-hearted way like i remember one of the first times i learned to laugh at myself i was in high school and i was a freshman and we just got out of class for lunch and i slipped on a crust of pizza in the quad and I fell on my face and I was wearing a skirt, which was embarrassing. And I remember laying and just thinking, this is a dream. I'm gonna open my eyes and I'm gonna wake up in my bed because I'm definitely dreaming right now. And I opened my eyes and I was not dreaming. Everyone was standing around looking at me, wondering if I was okay. And I was, I just felt like humiliated, so embarrassed. And I came home from school that day and I talked to my mom and I was so upset. And I was like, mom, I slipped on a crust of pizza at school and everyone laughed at me and she started laughing and I was like rude um but 
I think seeing her laugh at that and seeing her example of being able to laugh at herself when things go wrong. Um, she taught special ed for many years. And so things could be chaotic for her at work. And so she would have things go wrong and be able to laugh at it. And I think that has taught me that I can laugh at things. Now, when I slip on a crust of pizza, which luckily has not happened since, I can laugh at it. And now it becomes a good story to tell people. And I think that this even applies as parents. We make mistakes as parents. We don't do the right thing sometimes when it comes to our kids. And we can laugh and say, oh my gosh, I'm not going to do that anymore. For example, one time I was at the park with my first son. He was two or three and he was on the monkey bars. And it's that really fun age where you kind of have to follow your kid around at the park because they're just not good at not injuring themselves. So I was following him around. I was feeling like I'm such a good mom, keeping my kid out of trouble. And he was on the monkey bar swinging from bar to bar and he slipped and I caught him, but I caught him around the ankles and then his head continued to fall and he hit his head on the ground. And looking back now, I think it's so funny that I did that. Why would I grab his ankles and not his upper body? I don't know. It was just a dumb mistake. And now I'm able to laugh at it and think, wow. So I hope these tips help you feel a little bit better about how you're managing your work and home life. That it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to be the best mom that ever existed. You know that you love your kids and that you're doing your best and that you also need to do the things that bring you joy and fulfillment. And don't forget that it's okay to ask for help when you need it. And that when your business is ready to grow, that you can hire out people to help you with those things and you can have less and less on your plate of things to do. Thanks so much for listening and tune in next week where we talk about mental health for entrepreneurs. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Product Sessions podcast. Visit theproductsessions.com for full show notes and additional resources. If you're interested in growing your own product-based business, but you need some more guidance, check out our free resource, The Product Business Launch Guide, by visiting theproductsessions.com backslash launch guide. See you next week.